Hey everyone, it's Adam, back for another episode. And today I just wanted to go over, I got some blood work back, and just wanted to go over a few studies. The blood work I got back is from LabCorp, and they measured my VEGF. So VEGF is vascular endothelial growth factor, and it helps encourage growth of new blood vessels. If your tissues aren't getting enough oxygen, they may make more VEGF, so that new blood vessels can bring in oxygen to your tissues. And my level was 150, and the range is 62 to 707. So I'm within range. I did test for this about three months ago on the Patterson cytokine profile, and my VEGF on that profile was like three times the amount. So now it's within range. I trust the LabCorp. I, I think um, yeah, LabCorp is a huge um, company. They're all over the, uh, the country, maybe the world. I, I don't know. Um, but I think that this is an accurate test and you know, I'm glad it's within range. And I also tested mild peroxidase. And malproxidase derived oxidants contribute towards tissue damage during inflammation. And my doctor put on there for, because it can be a test utilized when determining whether or not there's atherosclerosis. It's one of the tests for determining that. And my range was, I was within range. It was 153 and the range at the lab is 0 to 469. So uh, a couple of tests, or I'm sorry, a couple of studies that I wanted to go over. The first one is the Harvard PASC study, and they detected SARS-CoV-2 spike protein in a majority of PASC patients up to 12 months post-diagnosis. And in the paper, it suggests that there's a presence of SARS-CoV-2 viral reservoir. The reason why they're picking up the spike protein on the blood test. And it's a test developed by, from my understanding, Dr. Walt at Harvard, who's an excellent scientist. And it's not commercially available. It's only for research purposes. There was a total of 63 patients in the study, and they did look for nucleocapsid protein as well, but they only found that in a, a few of the patients. It was primarily the spike protein. Another study called SARS-CoV-2 specific T cells associated with inflammation and reduced lung function. And this study is from, I believe, University of Denver or several colleges in the um, Colorado um, Calder system. And the participants with respiratory PASC had between six and 105 fold higher frequencies of SARS CoV 2 specific CD4 and CD8 T cells. They found that pulmonary PASC may be in part driven by the production of inflammatory cytokines by SARS CoV 2 specific T cells. And the study found an increase in the cytokine interleukin-6 and I believe CRP as well. So the authors of the study 
believe that this may be due to viral persistence, having these ongoing SARS-CoV-2 specific T cells. Another study that has to do with viral persistence is one from the Mayo Clinic. And the authors of the study found um, SARS-CoV-2 DD-PCR tests were positive up to 174 days after COVID-19 onset. So, you know, these are a few more studies on viral persistence. And obviously, it's a major hypothesis with regard to what's occurring in long COVID. I still think that it's probably a combination of things going on. And there's so many different phenotypes out there. So, you know, I think it's going to be hopefully Dr. Walt's test is made commercially available at some time where, because it would be really nice to, to have this, you know, available to everyone because I think it's really important to know whether or not, you know, I think it's just such a basic question whether or not the virus is still in our system. And, you know, I think there is that uh, group that I mentioned in the last podcast. I think they're called the Long COVID Research Initiative. And the viral persistence is one thing that they are really focusing on. So I think they're going to do clinical trials. It'd be interesting to see. You know, I'm, I'm assuming they're going to try to, you know, obviously degrade the spike protein if they find it. It'll be interesting to see what medications they use and how the, the trials will you know, what the results will be. Um, they may be using immunomodulatory agents as well. So that's uh, another really interesting aspect of long COVID. And uh, sorry, I'm breathing kind of heavy. <laughs> I just, uh, you know, shortness of breath all the time. It just kind of uh, sucks. So, um, so yeah, I, I guess um, I, I did have a couple other tests pending right now at LabCorp. One actually for interleukin-6. I'm testing to see that level. And uh, an autoantibody, and I'm, I'm testing for Epstein-Barr as well. So I'll uh, check back in when I know those results and let you know. And um, I'll you know try to stay fairly consistent doing these podcasts. And uh, really appreciate everyone listening, and have a great day.